Welcome to the Kick Pod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. Hello there. Hello, Lawsy. Hello. How are you going on this Easter long weekend? I'm going good. I'm just staring outside to the rain droplets going down the windows. It's uh, it's definitely a weekend that's I'm okay with being inside, <laughs> you know, when the weather's, <laughs> weather's bad like this. But um, we haven't really been doing much different to every other weekend in isolation, except uh, it was Georgie's birthday today. So we went and dropped her off a treat, um, which was very weird not being able to hug a good friend on their birthday. But, you know, times are different at the moment. We're all getting used to it. And other than that, yeah, nothing's really any different. What have you been up to this weekend? <laughs> Well, pretty much the same, just cleaning, sorting mm. them th- some things out. And I've just done a little bit of baking, but mm. I don't know if you'll call it, we'll call it baking because it's, I've baking. made one of our, yes, one of our raw treats from mm. Keep It Cleaner, which is our choc cherry eggs. And that's actually my recommendation for this week. It's such an easy recipe. So it does say to use, it's kind of like a health, healthier take on a cherry ripe, mm. but you don't have to use frozen cherries because I actually went to the supermarket to buy them and they'd sold out because a lot of mm. the frozen stuff has. Mm. So I bought raspberries instead and they work totally fine. It's just a blend. You basically just blend raspberries, oats, coconut in a blender with some extra things. So make sure you, if you're going to make them, follow the recipe. Follow them. <laughs> um, but then, and then you cover it with chocolate. So yummy easy quick yes that's what I've been doing and that's my special share what is yours yum I made the choc um the childhood choc crackles the other day and I forgot how good they are they're so delicious um my special share is actually Justin Bieber's new album Changes and it's because uh when it first came out I I thought it was okay but I wasn't as into it as his past albums I didn't think it was as upbeat or as fun to listen to but now since working from home um I've been having it on the background in the background playing and it's so nice to listen to and now I love all the tunes so definitely check that out and then I also just wanted to do a quick little shout out for our friend Sammy Robinson who has launched her new brand One Mile um very proud of her she's been working on it for a long time um and if you don't know who Sammy is, we actually do have a podcast with her that you can go back and check out if you want to get to know her. But um, yeah, just congrats. Yeah, go Sammy. That's awesome. I can't wait to check it out when it, because it hasn't launched yet, has it? No, I think it's launching it's any day It's coming soon. Yeah. Okay, yeah. amazing. So maybe by the time that this has come out, it will be out. Maybe. We'll be able to check it out. Anyway, <laughs> so for today's podcast, also thank you for your best wishes. I can't speak. Thank you for your special share. It was You're very welcome. nice. Uh, So for today's podcast, you guys will know that for the past 10 episodes, we have changed the structure of the kick pod quite Mm. a bit. And so that was kind of our first season of the year and we've done 10 episodes. And so now for season two, we're going into another different type of, I suppose, podcasting. Um, Something that Steph and I really enjoy doing is being able to speak to inspirational women and I suppose learning from them, getting insights Mm. in how they they deal with things such as self-doubt body image, all of these things. And so for the next season and the next 10 episodes, we are going to be interviewing awesome women who we look up to and who inspire us. And we think that you'll be able to, I suppose, take something from. And the first guest we have today is the incredible Abby Chatfield, who you might know. So Abby did start on The Bachelor. She was a contestant on The Bachelor. But 
Abby is so much more, I think, than a reality TV star. Um, mm. And she has got an incredible podcast, which is called It's A Lot Pod, which Seth and I will be going on really soon. We're really excited about that. Mm. Um, she's so wise in everything that she says. And I think you guys will really enjoy this. She also writes columns. And we also recommend uh, following her on Instagram. Her Instagram is Abby Chatfield for some very inspirational, real content. Mm, and very entertaining content too. I um I really enjoyed following her. She's she's very straight to the point, says how she feels and comes across incredibly confident, which is funny that when we got into chatting with her and you guys are going to soon find out the kind of, you know, self-doubt things that she's gone through and hard times that she might have struggled through. She hasn't always been a confident person and it was really interesting to hear about all that um, and her own relationship with social media and how she's gone coming out of the show and um, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I I thought she was already a very likeable person just looking from the outside in and since our chat, getting to know her a little bit deeper, um, I think she's the kind of person that if we were living in the same state, I'd probably want to hang out with her. So I hope you guys enjoy this chat, Laura and I certainly enjoyed getting to know her. Hey guys, just a quick warning here. There is mention of disordered eating and suicide in today's chat. So if this is triggering for you, please switch off or be wary. And if you need any help, you can always reach out to Lifeline Australia or the Butterfly Foundation. Hello. (laughs) Hello, Abby. (laughs) Thank you for joining us via Zoom. Oh, thank you for having me via Zoom. It's very exciting. So lovely to finally... um, not meet Actually you guys, chat. I guess, but chat yeah. and have um, a conversation. I feel like I know you guys already because obviously I watch all your stories and I'm like, I know your mannerisms, but then I forget <laughs> that we haven't had like a meeting or a, or a Zoom chat. Yeah, I think it's uh, – we're definitely on the same page. We've been following you for a while and saw you on the show and feel like I, I know you as well, just even over DMs. But it, it is nice to chat. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I suppose I wanted to start with we're in a, a very odd time at the moment and I just wanted to check in and wanted to see how you're going at the moment, how you're feeling. Oh, it's weird. Some It literally goes hour by hour in the day. I don't know about you mm. guys, but I've – always well for the past five months I've been working from home anyway so Mm. nothing's really changed work-wise but the issue now is that my I used to kind of schedule my days on like what I was doing socially so if I had a dinner I'd be like all right I'll finish work by five today and that was be a boundary for me and now it's sort of just it bleeds into the night and I'm like it's 2am and I'm still doing work stuff I'm I'm being nowhere near as efficient or productive so I'm kind of like sitting around everyone else is at home as well messing around and doing nothing and they text me mm. being like want to call and I'm like sure so I feel like my schedule's out of whack even though nothing tangible has changed um I'm getting a bit anxious I just moved house to be completely alone for the first time mm. and it was the day the day that they announced the lockdowns was the day that I moved in so it was like I moved to an area close to my friends closer to nice restaurants closer to all these things and now I'm like, cool, I'm stuck in my little apartment. But I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I was saying to Laura this morning that I'm trying to do two of your workouts a day, even if it's like one meditation, one something else, to have some, have some structure. Because I'm literally mm. like getting up and doing nothing. And this morning I was like, I better just do one before I see the girls. They'll, they'll know my aura. They'll know that I've done one. <laughs> uh, you got that kick glow, we can tell. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Ooh. I did the, um, I, it was stretch yourself to happiness. I was like, I need this one, Jesus Christ. 
Oh, that's so nice, Ab. And it's funny, um, I actually messaged Abby through the questions last night at 12, which is pretty late for me to be awake, to be honest. But I was like, oh, my mm. goodness, haven't sent them. Abby's online. I'll just send them through. And you were like, oh, no problem. I'm still working. I was like, it's 12 <laughs> o'clock in the night and it's, a fr- you know, it's Friday night. No, it's it's tragic. I, I Because I the thing is as well, I, get, I tend to get, like, upswings at, like, after dinner because I get energy I must eat that I'm like okay now I have all the energy in the world and I used to spend it socializing but now I have all these ideas in my head of you know like writing my advice column and the podcast and I'll just like I need to write your questions actually should have done that last night I have so much to do and it's like I'm sure you guys are the same you have like a constant list of things and it's like in the back of your head and now that we're kind of you've taken out socialization it's kind of at the forefront but it's making mm. me panic a little bit I don't know if you're the mm. same but I feel like mm. everything is kind of right next to my ears now rather than <laughs> the back of my skull you know yeah totally um and I find that's why it's so important to I suppose to try and find things that bring joy to our days what have you been doing to bring you joy is it the exercise and thank you so much for doing the kick workouts that means so much to us thank you oh my god no I love them if they're so good because they're only half hour and I don't like I don't when I do t- longer than half an hour I this is like an internal plug it's like a plug exception <laughs> <laughs> like everyone knows how good it is but you can edit this out but when I do it usually I get like because I have anxiety I get like ADHD and like bored if I go for a little more than half an hour so mm. having the two half hour ones in a day is really helpful so doing that that's add, added some structure but also I've been FaceTiming people so much more and some people hate this but I've started to randomly FaceTime people or like on house party if I see them in house party I'm like haha got you and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, now we must talk like my friend FaceTimed me randomly last night and I thought it was so nice to just have feeling like I'm alone in my apartment and suddenly have someone with me and my friends did a big FaceTime last night with five of us and they left and my brain genuinely felt like they just left my apartment like it was so nice we had a wines together all had a laugh and just trying to keep in touch as much as I can and trying to I'm trying now to have more structure that's keeping me a bit happy and bringing me some joy but it's been an adjustment yeah yeah for sure I'm the same I'm I feel like um it's great I feel like I'm catching up obviously not physically but I'm catching up with people probably more than I would so in in the day-to-day Laura and I always kind of saying to each other that we need to make more time for um friends and family and stuff because we prioritize kick so much and there is so much going on with it sometimes and then Laura's has got her law and everything as well that she's Mm -hmm. studying sometimes you know catch up with friends and everything you can't make them but it doesn't necessarily mean you can't chat to them and like Mm -hmm. FaceTime and everything and I feel like past this point once we get through it all I think I will be FaceTiming people a whole lot more because it's bringing me a lot of joy as well yeah it's quite nice like I usually just give a call or a text but even having like a five minute FaceTime just like while you're cooking or while you're like cleaning be like mm. how are you going just adds so much more to that interaction I think it tricks our brains into being like okay you've seen another human today yeah. I um, <laughs> I had someone I had someone like last week buy something off me on Gumtree and I was like how are you what do you do for work who are you I was like, what's your deal like oh how many kids do you have that's great what are their names? like literally and she was like Okay, I'm just here to get the bedside tables. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's so true. I feel like I'm doing that as well. Like, even on a walk, I'm I'm wet from two meters away. I'm like, hello, hi. Yeah, you know, I walk on the river here. Trying to be more friendly. Yeah, I walk on the river here in Brisbane, and I saw there was an apartment building where there were two sets of people at the front of their apartments on their balconies, and I walked past, and I was like, 
hey, a little wave. And they were like, hi. Like, obviously, they have friends I live with and I'm by myself. And I'm like, hello, I live in your area now. You haven't seen me because I'm trapped in my apartment. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, it must be a bit of a tease being in a new area that you moved specifically for <laughs> friends. And yeah, I can't imagine. All my friends live within a block. Like, mm. I can walk to my friends. And my fr- I actually saw my best friend the other day on a walk by accident with her dog. And we were like, is this allowed? <laughs> and, now we're, and, and now we're trying to organise, like, coincidental Woolies meetup. And there's one Woolies that everyone goes to in this area. And I'm like, maybe you, we'll just happen to see each other at 10 o'clock on Sunday. And that's so weird <laughs> if we do. But we're going to have to just cop it and have to talk. Yeah. yeah. Be creative. Absolutely. 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 We have to be. I'm going to flip the conversation a little bit. Uh, I would like to, I suppose, compliment you on how um, beautiful your confidence kind of glows through social media. It seems like you are a super confident person, particularly in like your body and the way you hold yourself. And I want to actually ask about that and what your relationship is actually like with your body and your confidence in yourself. Yeah, so I think it's kind of not a front on Instagram, but I think... I put up these things of me doing, you know, not looking my best or doing weird things with that strange dance montage that I did the other day. <laughs> um, because I'm like, I, it kind of pushes me to like accept my body for how it is. Like if I'm like, okay, if there's 140,000 people seeing this, then seeing how you actually look, then it pushes me to be like, and that's how you look and you should be okay with it because hmm. no one's saying anything negative. Um, I have always felt really uncomfortable in my body though like my entire life I was I kind of had this body shape when I was in like year like seven Mm -hmm. like I had like double d tits and like (laughs) I got my period when I was in year five like I was Mm -hmm. very young developed and I was I was tall as well like I'm only like five foot four but I was that high in grade seven so I haven't grown at all since grade seven this has been me so I always felt bigger and you know, not as good. And I said on my podcast um, that when I was near 10, I, looking back, it probably was a like disordered eating. I wouldn't call it an eating disorder, but mm. I would, I don't know if you guys are the same in high school, mm. but I went to an all girls school. So everyone kind of would give each other okay. diet tips, quote unquote, mm. that were actually just eating disorder tips. And mm. I would eat, um, I'd get an apple and cut it up into thirds and put it in different plastic bags and have it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Aww. How sad. And then go for a 10-kilometre run with ankle weights on in the afternoon. <gasps> Didn't lose weight. Obviously, my body was like, dude, no. So <laughs> I, I really liked my body throughout that entire time. And then even after um, high school, I always felt like I was like the chubby girl because um, I always just felt bigger which you know being chubby isn't a bad thing but I just felt like people were not as um attracted to me I guess like men and then honestly I think my real like confidence boost started from the show again because I was forced to put myself out there I was kind of like half half but I did have a I cried to my best friend the day before I left to film I was like everyone in Australia is going to call me fat I was like, everyone in Australia is going to say that I'm disgusting. I'm going to get so much hate for how ugly I am. And she was like, what are you, talk- like, what are you talking about? Like to the mm. point where I wasn't going to go to see my friends for dinner the night before I left, like all my friends, because I was like, I, I don't want to be seen in public. And then going on the show, you know, you're being filmed all the time. So you always yeah. are just like, you're on guard 
But after a while, you're like, okay, everyone in Australia is going to see this, whatever. Every, and every date I was in a bikini. I don't know if you noticed this, but <laughs> I would get mad at wardrobe. I'm like, am I doing a water date again? And they'd be yeah. like, yeah, you're back in the bikini. And I'm like, we run, I run out of bikinis. <laughs> I have bikinis. I only brought three because I didn't think I'd be going in the pool so much on camera. So um, then I think after the show, you know, I did get a lot of that. And then in the Daily Mail, there was that article that everyone was mm. commenting about how disgusting I was. And I think that was kind of the point where I was like, no, like, mm. no, like I have just a normal body. I have cellulite. I fluctuate mm-hmm. between a size six and a size 10, depending on my stress levels. And I was saying to Laura the other day, I actually lose weight when I'm stressed. Like right now mm-hmm. I'm probably gonna lose weight despite the fact that I'm um, uh, not eating probably very well or very much at all. And I know when I gain weight, I'm happier and I'm healthier. So mm-hmm. I think I was kind of like, because I was happy with Todd then, I was like, daily mail. Like I was like, I hate you. So I posted that. And then I think that was kind of when it really, took off my confidence and then I got so much positive feedback from it that I felt like a duty to keep posting things where maybe I didn't look as good or didn't feel as good for myself but also for people that follow me. I See, love tangents. that's so nice. Constant love- tangents. <laughs> no, it's um and that's that's why we love you so much. I, I love your dancing videos in your kitchen. Um I love like even when you were moving the other day and you just like filmed yourself <laughs> In your like little mm. cute outfit, but like obviously <laughs> your your body was on show, but then like the whole mattress fell on you down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it was so sad. I literally was like, I was dripping in sweat, and usually my my ex boyfriend helps me, and obviously he can't right now. And he was like, just wait, like I'll come over, I'll do it myself, and I just won't see you. And I'm like, no, we're not breaking social distancing. So I was by myself, and he was like, you are a ridiculous human. Like just hire <laughs> someone to do it. And I was like, no, I'm gonna do it myself. So, yeah, that was. Um, I think I just try and show. I think the reason why I everyone's like you're so unfiltered, you're so like confident. But I think it's just the fact that when you're on a reality TV show, you're suddenly like I had 2,000 followers before mm. the show. So you're mm. suddenly kind of like seen as a person of interest, I guess. And you don't have time to change the way um, you act on social media or develop kind of like, even subconsciously be like, okay, this worked for this, this didn't work for this. It's like, oh, yesterday you had 1,000 followers, today you have 140,000. Mm. What are you going to do with it? And mm. my reaction wasn't ever to be like, I'm going to try and um, be – this kind of influence so this kind of, I literally was just like I'm just going to keep posting the way that I do because um mm. I don't have the energy to try and figure out a strategic plan so it was kind of like an accident yeah and that's why I think it works for you because it's authentic and it's it's you you're not trying to be anyone else but yourself mm. and as I suppose hearing you Ab talk about how you used to not like your body is just so hard to hear because when I see your body on your mm. stories and stuff, I'm like, oh, mm. my God, she's got the best body. Like, <laughs> yeah. And because you you have this beautiful confidence, I think that is, that's mm. what um, I suppose I, I love watching everything that you do because you're so confident in what you do and it makes, it glows through and I think it, it's mm-hmm. so nice. So everyone, obviously, we recommend following Abby, obviously, while we're interviewing oh. you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's really hard to hear you say that, that you haven't loved your body at all times of your life because I think um I I feel like it's something we all do we judge ourselves and then everyone else looking in it's like when you post a a photo or you know when you do your dancing videos and um your body might not look as flattering as you would you would like in a a photo that was fully constructed but I think when you post that what I found is really empowering and I'm sure you have as well is nothing happens 
Like, no, nothing happens. Nothing, no one says it's actually mainly positive because I think it's more people are like, I see someone who kind of looks like me or doesn't look perfect, doesn't look photoshopped. Mm-hmm. Something that like when I started to get a few more followers from the show, I thought back to um, Jade. She like years ago, I think like a year or two ago before I even went on the show, she posted this photo and it was just her looking hot. And as always, and the caption was something about how she like had gained a bit of weight in the past year, but like she's just happy in her life. And Mm -hmm. that's like stuck in my brain literally, I think about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And her posting a photo that wasn't like a quote unquote horrible photo where she was like, well, you know, she just was like herself and she'd like, yep, I've gained a bit of weight, but I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. Um, My body looks a bit different and that's okay. Um, that's kind of the message that I'm trying to get out there. So thank you, Jade. Um, <laughs> um, because it really stuck with me and I hope that me posting stuff for it isn't amazing, but it also isn't like I'm not purposely like a hunched over, like being like, look how many roles I have. It's just like, this is just a photo of me and it's how I look. So, okay. That's okay. Love that. And you touched before, Abba, on your, um, how you deal with anxiety and your mental health. How, I suppose, how are you going at the moment with it? I mean, I know it's really hard for a lot of people that have anxiety because everything is so unknown and overwhelming. Um, I suppose to start with how are you going and then what have you been doing to cope with it? Yeah, I think I'm doing okay. I think, um, so I have anxiety and depression, but my anxiety has been really up there right now. And my like depression, I think my anxiety, anxious brain is taking over too much to give it some room. So I'm doing okay. Um, uh, I think, like I said, my day-to-day hasn't changed that much. I'm very lucky in that. Um, so I'm doing all right in this situation, but in general, it like ebbs and flows. Like I tend to get, um, you know, I tend to get quite affected by trolls that still come in my DMs. You know, I get probably two a day and that kind of messes with me a bit. Like um, before the finale, Ed, I was suicidal so it got really bad during that time and mm-hmm. then now it's okay but kind of when someone comes back in and says similar things it triggers you back to being like it's added to the pile you know mm-hmm. it isn't just mm-hmm. one message and I get DMs like babe don't worry about them and it's like you've not seen the 7,000 other ones that I've gotten so my mm-hmm. mental health is okay it's always a struggle um, and it's hard to not see my psychologist right now as well yeah because um like seeing her in person gives me somewhere to go and something to do in every week, a commitment. And now the only thing I can offer is teleconferencing. And it, I just haven't done it because I'm like, I just don't feel like it has the same outcome. And it also mm. isn't subsidised by the government. So it costs double. And I'm like, I just can't afford to be paying, I think it's like $300 a week in, to mm. have an hour conversation. Wow. wow. Isn't yeah. it subsidised? Not, not, um, not over Skype. You would think over this time that they would change that. Yeah. It's not. They changed it. They changed it for uh, a, a lot of different groups of people. If you have COVID, if you are living with someone, if you're high risk and if you are um, a student or a pensioner, but I'm none of those things. So, you know, I'll, um, I'll just, I'll figure it out. But I'll probably do like one a month or something rather than one a week. Um, mm. So I've been trying to in- find other kind of mechanisms such as the kick app. Oh. <laughs> And if you guys have heard of it, um, but I actually am, I'm really trying to do more exercise, um, but also I'm trying to as well schedule time to do things that I like doing, like watching Netflix, Mm -hmm. because I found myself 
I'm sure you guys are the same being very busy. You try to multitask. You like watch yeah. Netflix in the background of doing work or like you will cook while – and I'm like I, I, I haven't probably in like six months just sat down and watched a film or a yeah. TV series and been like phone away, don't look at it. So I'm trying to – I guess I'm trying to make boundaries with myself mm. um, to have more of a structured life rather than everything flowing into each other and being inefficient in every way like not taking care of my friends, not taking care of my body, not taking care of my mental health and not having fun. It's just like everything is kind of a five, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I like the idea of, um, you know, doing one task at a time and actually focusing on each thing at a time, Um, even those funner things like watching Netflix or whether it's doing a puzzle or painting. I see so many people doing things like that, but it's like being in the moment of each thing you're doing. Mm -hmm. And we have all the time in the world now to actually do that. You know, we don't have to be multitasking all day, every day now. So we should probably be taking advantage of that. Yeah, it's hard to break the habit of trying to multitask because usually Mm. you're trying to, like I used to watch Netflix when I was getting ready to go out. And Mm. now it's like, I'm not doing it at all. And instead I'm doing work. So it is a kind of change in schedule. Yeah, absolutely. So you spoke about how you went from having 2,000 followers on Instagram Mm. to then going on the show and then coming off the show and suddenly being known and having a lot of followers on Instagram. What's your relationship been like with social media? Oh, it's so – it's such a double-edged sword. It's such like – it can either be the best thing in the world or the worst thing in the world. There's not really Mm. any in between for me. Um, I think it's gotten much better in the past couple of months in that – I'm using it increasingly to be more authentic and, like I was saying, do things to push myself for me to show, mm-hmm. you know, my real body or like my real personality or do things that are unfiltered. Um, and obviously it's become work now as well. So it's like that's great and it's given me all these opportunities to do things that I never would have done, like my podcast and my articles and you know, earn money in a non-traditional way, I guess. Mm. But mm. on the flip side of that, um, when you are getting uh, trolled and nowhere near as much anymore at all. Like I probably get a hundred positive DMs for every one slightly negative one, you know. Yeah. It isn't like, it isn't anywhere near as bad anymore, but it still is kind of like a little scar or like a mm. scab that gets reopened whenever I get a new DM. Mm. So it's hard... Um, to find like to bridge a gap between those two worlds that Instagram has created for me but yeah I mean overall it's positive and overall um you know people ask me if I regret going on the show and I'm like no because I've I've got this whole new platform and all these doors opening to speak about things that I really care about but also sometimes it's hard and also I'm sure you guys feel the same way as well like (laughs) the pressure that you get from needing to upload interesting stuff mm. all the time and it sounds people people kind of laugh when you say that but it's actually mentally exhausting in having something that's so personal like your instagram turn into your work and then it's kind of everyone else's escape but it's your mm. entire world mm. and you feel this enormous amount of pressure and things that should be fun end up not being as fun anymore mm. and you feel like fuck like before i was on the show like uploading you know, uploading a photo, like a funny video was like purely for my fun. And now it is mm. fun, but it's like also, it's a bit of work and it's a bit of like, mm. what happens if I do this? What if Daily Mail get a hold of this? What if this mm-hmm. you know, impacts my career? Because my entire world is on that. 
So, mm. well, I, I'm glad that it's become more positive for you. As in, like, I'm glad the DMs uh, are not as horrible as they once were. And it's funny. I think Laura and I have spoken about this in the past as well. Um, I've certainly noticed a shift doesn't really matter that our following is growing but I think because of the content um, over the last couple of years kind of switching more to that you know more raw and showing um, not necessarily the best days or the best skin or the best pose or all that sort of stuff um, I think has let people in and accept us as as you said earlier like a normal person Mm -hmm. and so there there is obviously still going to be those horrible people out there who don't care and still come Mm -hmm. but I think the trolls do settle down once you put yourself out there so much because it's like, well, I'm putting myself out there. I don't care. So what are you going to say to hurt me? And, and they won't bother. So I think that's, it's really good that you've been, I suppose, brave enough to, to put yourself out there after everything that you've gone through and everything that you copped after the show to mm. still be able to put yourself out there is um, really incredible. And I'm just, I'm glad that you're, that you're not getting that negative stuff anymore. Well, as much. As much. As yeah. much, yeah. Thank, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it is. it is, does come down to just kind of putting yourself out there and it is sort of like, well, this is who I am. So, like, if you hate me for this, then okay it isn't like yeah. this it isn't like this you know this manicured version facade. of yourself yeah and you're like mm. oh god I've chosen the wrong <laughs> I've chosen the wrong <laughs> facade oh god it's like well you know my friends and my family love me and I'm happy with myself so whatevs I guess and Ab you post your I think a lot of people post their highs and lows on on social media but you post your true lows I remember one night you looked you'd posted um I think you're at one of your siblings birthday parties was it your brother's 18th is that right no or no, your- it was my it was like my family he's like he's a sunshine brother in my head but he's like my like I've grown I've known him since he was nine he's like my friend's Mardi Gras mm. 21st yeah. <laughs> yes so that you you were there and you looked amazing and you posted this photo and like I remember looking at it there was like I don't know 10,000 comments or something like people were like oh my goodness and then about five hours later you posted a video of you crying and saying mm. that you know you were so sad because you would put this persona out there and you look so happy but really the night had turned to you know something that you was mm-hmm. bad and you actually spoke about it and I thought Mm. that was so courageous because there's such a balance balance with social media on you know showing your lows but then balancing that with I suppose any type of privilege that we have and not wanting to make well not wanting I suppose any pity but I I know that's not why you do it you do it to to help other people and know that Mm -hmm. you go through these lows too so can you speak through why you do that yeah so that particular instance um it was like a family friend's uh, 21st and I was kind of with the family the whole time like it wasn't really like to go to a party it was because his older sister and I are really good friends and we'd been planning our outfits for six months we were like it's time <laughs> it's our time to shine and all the, all the kids all the, well, the kids 21 year olds there were like dressed in kind of normal stuff and we were like <laughs> we were like hi girls and like handing out like red, jello shots and stuff like ridiculous but um I know it was like an okay night and then someone one of the um girls that was there uploaded a video to her story and had said oh yuck in the background of me walking past her and a lot of the girls there had been like filming me and like taking photos of me and stuff but and they try and be sneaky you know and you're like it's like it's like it's okay like I'm not gonna be like don't take photos of me but it also was my you know, family friends, twenty first, mm. who I've known since yeah. he was nine years old, and I'm there handing out. You don't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah, and I'm there handing out drinks to the, 
the kids and like bringing mm. down like I'm not there to party I'm there to hang out with the parents and you know just be a help kind of I mean, I'd set up everything from the afternoon and um and that kind of added to it but I also was just kind of feeling anxious anyway kind of feeling shit anyway and I just like got in the car and like cried the whole way driving home and then I got home and I like kind of finally looked at all the comments from my from my post and I was like oh they're all so positive and I kind of felt like imposter syndrome or like guilty mm. and I was like fuck everyone thinks that I'm just like living my best life like twerking in this like a beaded belt which I was at one point but like (laughs) (laughs) but like not anymore and I've just spent the whole night feeling shit about myself and crying and like still reeling from the impacts of the show and feeling nervous and someone takes a photo of me that they're going to upload it and be like hate her which is kind of what happened you know um and I just was really upset about everything that had happened in the past year so I was like I'm just going to upload this because I think, yeah, like when you follow people on Instagram and you see them upload like a bomb photo, you're like, oh, wow, they would have had the best night and you kind of fill in the gaps. But in mm. fact, I was handing out um, sausage rolls and then went home crying, you know? So I just kind of want to be like that. Have kind of, yeah, like both sides, like you were saying. How do you overcome self-doubt? Oh, God. Um, I think like I've been saying, you know, it's just about pushing yourself even if you do feel like it isn't going to work or you do feel like you're not going to be good at something or you know people are going to laugh at you or say mean things to you um just being like well I may as well just try because if I don't try it's that stupid cliche of like a hundred percent of the chances you don't take a miss or whatever that stupid <laughs> saying is <laughs> it's so it's so cliche but you know what girls it's true it's a cliche mm. for a reason but like I like for example with my um with my advice column, when they offered to me, I was like, oh no. And I was like, oh no, I can't give advice. Like I've been talking about this like I can, but I can't. And then I called my um, my fr- best friend and I was like, dude, I don't think I can do this. Like, I don't think I can give advice. And she was like, but what's like, what's the worst that happens? And I was like, um, I get trolled. And she's like, baby, you've already been trolled. And I was like, or I get it pulled from me. And she's like, okay, so if you get it pulled from you, then you are in the same position that you are now. So Mm. what's what's gonna happen? So I I have self doubt about everything I do. Almost every post that I make, I'm like, oh, is this gonna go badly? Because I I have that scar from before, being like, what am I gonna get a death threat for this? Like, what's gonna happen? Mm. So. I guess in having such like a hard time last year with the show, it's pushed me to just be like, well, no, nothing matters. Like when I posted about my um, about my abortion and when mm-hmm. I posted about like my, my issues with my body, I kind of, at the time, everyone, it felt like everyone still hated me. Mm-hmm. So at the time I was like, well, everyone already hates me. So if like me talking about this thing can help one person in seeing this, then I'm like... I may as well just do it because I'm kind of like the sacrificial lamb, mm. you know. So when it comes mm. to self-doubt, I'm like, well, I've already kind of done all the big scary things. So I may as well just keep pushing, you know, for yourself and for other people. Mm. You said scary things. What What are you scared of? What's like, what scares you the most? Oh, God. The thing is, I would say six months ago, I would say like talking about my abortion. Like I, like mm. I um, on the show, I scream cried to the producers mm. being like because I said it on camera and I was like if you include this I will fucking kill myself like I was like I'm so yeah. embarrassed I'm so ashamed um also I'm, I was I was scared of like showing my body and I was scared of you know 
even like being called a slut or being called manipulative. Mm. But, um, you know, I think now I'm not really scared of, I'm not really scared of much because I'm just like, I've been through all the really hard things and I've pushed myself to kind of lean into those things that might've scared me. Mm. Um, probably not even by choice because I've forced mm. to deal with mm-hmm. all people's critiques of my entire life. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm not really scared of much, which is nice. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, one of your biggest fears, which is pretty much something that we all fall into, is worrying about what other people think or say about you. Mm -hmm. And I think just like any fear, the more you put yourself out there and challenge yourself with that fear, um, the easier it does get. Um, Mm -hmm. Honestly, like anything, it's like if you're scared of the dark, just put yourself in dark situations more until you get used to it. And (laughs) it's, it's almost like you've done that with... Um, putting yourself out there, it's like you still have those days where people's negative comments can still affect you. I mean, I do too, Laura does too, Mm. but um, it's not as often because we've grown to, I suppose, work through them and know what's important and, um, yeah, I suppose move on a little quicker than we once did. So it's kind of like you're challenging that fear and and what you're scared of and it's, um, it's cool to hear that... I mean, it doesn't scare you as much anymore, but mm. you, that you still put yourself out there. It's just, it's really good. And Ab, what is your relationship like with happiness? Oh, I think I heard a really, um, I had someone on my podcast who is a mental health worker and she said something that I thought was really great. She was like, you know, I don't um, think that, you know, we're ever going to be truly happy. And I was like, why would you say that? I was like, what's wrong with you? Why would you say that? And she's like, no, what you need to do is just try and find little moments of happiness in your day. And if you can find one, then you can take yourself as an overall happy person. And I thought it was a really good way to look at it in that like there are, there's never going to be a time, especially with my mental health issues, like with anxiety and depression, there's never going to be a time, I don't think in my life, that I'm going to feel happy all the time. And mm. that may be depressing but it also may be very liberating in that Mm. there's not this expectation that's an impossible bar to reach so I can just try and focus on getting a little happiness day to day you know like it's similar Mm. to like like body image like I think you know I'm never going to look like you Steph I'm never going to look like you Laura you're never going to look like me so I would never try to sculpt my face or my body or my hair to look like you and that makes me in turn more confident in myself. So it's the same thing with mm. happiness, you know? Yeah, I love, I love that. that. It's good. It's so important that I think we speak about that as well because I think it, maybe it's social media, but it kind of makes you feel like it's something that you need to achieve at all times. And mm. just because of hormones even, we can't achieve happiness every <laughs> single day. Yeah, absolutely. Because sometimes we just don't feel it. Yeah, sometimes you, you cannot bring the serotonin up <laughs> to your brain, whether or not, whether or not you have anxiety, depression, even if you have no issues with that and you've got a perfect quote unquote life on paper, you still have days where you're like, I don't feel very good or things happen mm. in life that like right now, I think everyone's experiencing this collective trauma and people that may not have had mental health issues before it's coming to light for them. And it's, it would be so difficult and jarring right now. I'm like, this is my constant. I'm like, I'm constantly anxious. <laughs> I feel okay. But it is important to acknowledge that everyone, like literally every single person, and I think as well, um, ever since be, being able to meet 
all different people that I've admired, like like you guys, not that we've met in person, but this counts as meeting. But people that I've admired or looked up to, like Clementine Ford on my podcast and for years and then being able to interact with them so freely, like DM basically anyone I want and they reply, <laughs> question mark. I'm like, okay. But I'm like, oh no, like everyone has little things they don't like about themselves or their life or um, their situation. And it isn't because they're negative, it's because it's just reality and everyone Mm. has different little things, you know. You speak a lot about feminism, which we absolutely love and it's so important. Why is it so important to you to always be talking about it? Oh God, I think it's just because it's so you know, it's so integrated into my everyday life. And I uh, the, I think the overarching reason why I did get so attacked online was because of um, patriarchal views and because of misogyny, internalised misogyny mm. in particular. So I think I've always been a strong feminist. So like I grew up in a household, I have a single mother and I have a sister and we have one man in my entire extended family. Like we are all women. My grandma, my grandma was like one of the first female dentists in Queensland. Like it's like very much like a like female power <laughs> family. So that's kind of just inherent in me. And we've never had those, um, those I guess, misogynistic structures at home. Like it's never been the men sit around and women clean because it's just women. <laughs> so we all clean, we all cook, we all, you know, have fun. We all go, oh, no need to clean now. We'll have a drink instead. You know, it's just been as people. And um, I think coming out of school, meeting other people and then going on to The Bachelor and being kind of confronted with different uh, structures of family and of workplaces and of, I guess, people's perception of, quote-unquote, celebrities or what's normal, yeah. People, I've kind of realised it's really not the same as how I was brought up and I've always identified as a feminist but in doing this show... I've been like, wow, okay, this is actually very, very important. Mm. Um, I, I just think that it impacts us as women every day, whether we realise it or not. Um, and particularly as women in the public eye, you get comments that you may not even think that are part of the patriarchy, but when you really dissect it, it is. Like, for example, like I saw a comment, like I've been like, oh, you know, you you upload content that is purely for men like it's it's like soft porn and I'm like but my following is 90% women I have 10% Mm. of men that follow me and I think the men who follow me are probably gay like I I really (laughs) all they're men that I personally know like I truly don't I'm not like a thirst trap account like (laughs) I like like I don't think I am anyway you know like I'm not posting like to do like an OnlyFans there's any shame in that but I'm not like an OnlyFans and that comment would be like well you know you know, the initial reaction was like, well, no, I don't and defend it. But then you kind of think about it and it's like, it's because they assume that everything that women do, that we do as women is for the male gaze. Mm-hmm. And also they assume women always have the most negative intention in that I'm doing things purely to get, like I'm doing a yoga stretch to get attention from men when in fact it's mm-hmm. just because I want to show women on my page that I did yoga this morning and that this is a simple flow you can do in the morning, you know? Mm. So it's sort of things like that. Um, I know if you know this about me, but I worked in property before the show, which is like, it's just men. It's, it's, <laughs> ju- it's just men. And I was the only 
female analyst in my in my um, office, and it was all men. And I would get so angry every day because I would get, you know, told to do admin stuff, told to do printing, told to do things. When like I'm ha- I have a degree, I have actually a, a higher degree than my bosses and the men who are telling me to do these things. Um, and I'm teaching them things, you know, about certain financial aspects, and they're telling me to print and get them coffees because I'm a woman, despite the fact that they have a PA. And I guess all these lived experiences of coming from such a female-centric household and then in the real mm. world going to a male-dominated industry, that that juxtaposition between the two has just made me be, like, angry. And then plus the show, I'm just like, it's so important to speak about these things and mm. educate women um, and also kind of be brutal about it because I don't think pussyfooting around some of the things I talk about is very helpful. Tangent mm. again. I'm sorry. It's very hard to get it no, onto one no. sentence. It's, um, it's glad. It's like you found a place where you can share your voice and um, have an opinion on things. And it's funny because I feel like, you know, we can never be standing up for enough. I feel that pressure even in myself that when I do stand up for a certain thing, um, you know, then people ask me why I don't support this cause or that cause and everything. And it's like, okay, well, I think what you've done is you've obviously, you know exactly what you're super passionate about. And as you said, maybe growing up, it was normal to you. So you hadn't even realized that you were a true feminist until it was like a thing and you saw the difference and it was like, okay, no, this, this needs to be okay. And this needs to be spoken about. So I love how strongly you speak about it. And I, have you got that? Have you got that because you are so strongly spoken on feminism have you got that? You, any comments from anyone else, or um, I don't know, like even yeah. veganism or politics or anything really? Have you ever been told to support something else because they've seen you so strongly, strong-minded? I suppose on one particular thing. Yeah, all the time. Like, like you saying <laughs> you have to stand up for everything. Like that is so mm. true. People, like people, I get a lot of vegan ones. A lot of vegan mm. ones saying I can't be a real feminist because I'm a vegan, and it's it's like yes, but my 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 passion and anyway, all my energy is going is into feminism and trying to uh, not dismantle the patriarchy, obviously ideally, but trying to analyse the patriarchal mm. structures in which we live. I am not going to start posting about veganism now, though I've tried to be vegetarian. Your girl can't do it. <laughs> <I've> tr- <laughs> like I've tried. And me saying that isn't enough. And often mm. I've also gotten about like fast fashion, which I understand, mm. but but like when I do do a fast fashion um, post, for example, I'll get a few DMs, paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs. And I'm like, yep, okay. But the thing is I wear these clothes, I would have worn them anyway and mm. then I donate them or I give them to my mm. other female friends and they use. I'm not buying them, mm. getting them, throwing them away. Mm. Um, and, you know, though that isn't the perfect way to be, you can't be perfect at all things. You can't be perfect. No, you can't. I can't. I can't live in a tiny house with a, a solar panel roof and mm. um, have fourteen chickens that I've adopted off the side of the street and not eat anything except for lentil. I, I, I cannot. I cannot do that. Yeah. Like I yeah. cannot do it, particularly in the society in which we live. Like, and everyone's having a go at you on your iPhone on their iPhone that was made by, uh, um, like child labour in China. And it's like, like. It's impossible. It's it, like it's it's impossible to to deconstruct your entire life around what's been the most morally good. Instead, instead, I choose to find one thing that I can be 
morally good at or with yeah. and go yeah. with that. Like you guys with your health. It's like mm. we, you want to focus on helping people love their bodies and be healthy and be happy. Mm. Mm. And while you like talk about feminism, you're not going to go on write a feminist book, are you? I'm not going to write a book yeah. on health because I can yeah. barely do a workout. That's by the by. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you can have different niches and that's why Instagram is so great because you can find someone who appeals to your niche. If you're a hardcore vegan, that is great. I'm very proud of you, but I'm not going to be the person who's going to be your feminist yeah. icon then. And that's okay. Yeah. No, I love that. That was really well said. Um, And I really liked that you mentioned before about, you know, when you do put yourself out there and you might put a beautiful shot up of yourself, whether it was a photo shoot or um, just a photo you've taken of yourself where you just you just look so confident and um, and that you're putting that out there for yourself and for other women and not really caring about, uh, you know, what the men think that follow Mm. you or that might see it. Um, I love that because. I certainly have have had my own struggles with that over this whole transition, I suppose, from going from a full-time model to now someone who, you know, is trying to inspire and motivate young women. Um, one of my most common troll comments or DMs I get are from people saying that I shouldn't be a voice for young women because I put up you know, half naked photos of myself or that, you know, I put myself out there and like, as you, as you get, you know, for men and all that sort of stuff. And it, it hurts me because it did make me question, you know, the things that I like doing. I still love modeling and I still love putting up that stuff. And I love when I can feel proud of myself and my body and put it out there because I wasn't always, you know, super confident in my body. I didn't always like have that confidence to be like, yeah, I I think I look great there and I want to put that out there because I feel good. And so it gets really hard when someone kind of bites you in that spot because you've had those insecurities. And it's just, I'm just really glad you brought that up because I think it's really important thing to remember. And I think people like, you know, Beyonce and like all of these empowering women who who do things like that, you know, they're they're married, they have partners, they're um, out in the public eye and and they're feminists and all this sort of stuff, but they still put themselves out there and they still can be sexy and all this stuff. And I just think it's it's a message I think that needs to be spoken out a little bit more about. And I just, I love that you do that. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, it's, it's okay if it is partly for men like it's okay Mm. but Mm. I think there's this assumption that if it is for men or you know if it is to get a bigger following from from men following you um that's kind of your own prerogative you Mm. know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it though it's pretty clear that in your instance you post things for health reasons and because you're wearing workout shorts because you're working (laughs) out like it's actually like I don't know like you're not like you're not posting nudes with like a vibrator in your hand being like only fair. like you're literally like which is okay which is, which is fine but your thing is health and working out so you're gonna wear tight clothes because that's what you work out in like I worked out in yeah. a bra and undies this morning doing my yoga messaging Laura being like be there soon like <laughs> but like like there is this assumption I think as well with um influencers I don't know if you guys like that term or not I think it's fine I think it's just a descriptive word um yeah but with influencers, people assume you have this like, this like demon instinct to like try and trick yeah. people, and yeah. particularly women. <laughs> it's like, oh, she just wants to use her body to get attention, and it's like, no, that's just ha- what my body looks like. I'm just uploading yeah. photos. <laughs> I don't really know like what. And you're like this, like you, you and Laura are like sitting in a den, being like, how are we going to get more men on board? <laughs> yeah, <Being> like, <laughs> like 
No. <laughs> people yeah. just forget that you're just normal people and you're just posting your stuff and this is what you think will help you and others. And if it doesn't help them, that's fine. They can unfollow you and they cannot mm. engage mm-hmm. with it. But it's helping, mm-hmm. you know, the... Mm the thousands and thousands and thousands of women who do follow you and do follow your, mm. your fitness program. So I'm just like, mm. w- yeah, mm, people just feel the need to criticize you as well. It also is a bit of tall poppy syndrome, but let's not get into that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Let's that, that is a, for another podcast, <laughs> I think. Um, no, I agree. And it's all, it's always just, it's also just been me, you know, like if, if mm. I, when I really think about the things that I'm worrying too much about what other people think, I just think, you know what? I've always, wanted to post this kind of content. I've mm. always liked this, you know, scroll back to my Instagram seven years ago. It yeah. kind of looked very similar yeah. as it does now. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I love that. And, and thank you. And so it seems like you're a very busy bee at the moment, doing lots of things and staying up till 2 a.m. Mm. Um, are you kind of living the dream career right now? Or what? We, if you could pick a dream career, what would it be? Uh, so in regards to this question, I just, I think right now I just don't know. And I'm okay with not knowing. Yeah, like, good. I was thinking about it this morning. And I was like, you know, I, because I do have, you know, I've got the podcast and I've got the advice column and then I've got, you know, just normal Instagram stuff. Um, I think I just, I think I enjoy having lots of little things going on, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is the same with you. Even though it's stressful, you mm-hmm. get little bits of joy from different areas. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I don't know. And I'm for the first of my life, I'm okay with not knowing. I'm like, good. we'll just take it, you know, month by month and see what pops up because the opportunities mm-hmm. that have come to me and that I've taken so far have always worked out or led me down to a better path. So, yeah. I think that's, that's so nice. I think we always feel pressure that we need to know exactly what we want to do and the reality is we, we don't often know. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. What have you learned about yourself this year? Or I suppose this year's been quite short. It can be over the past year <laughs> or in the past five months. What's one thing you've learned about yourself? Um, I think I've learned that I'm like, I kind of already knew this, but I think that I've learned that I'm much more resilient than I thought. Like I really, and I think that I probably can go through anything after going through that horrendous time on the show, um, both filming and airing and following. Um, I think that maybe I'm a bit more, um, yeah, a bit stronger than I think. And I used to feel like even before the show that I was just like not very likeable. (laughs) Like I used to be like, oh, I'm just like annoying and like not very likable, but I think, (laughs) (laughs) but not, not in like a sad way, just in like a, eh, like, you know, I'm very like, whatever, a bit much for people. But I think I've learned that like, I am who I am and it's okay to just like lean into my personality and people will like it or they will really hate it, but it's all right. So I think it's just about like being okay with myself, being resilient and knowing that things tend to work out. I'm mm. saying this now at the age of 24. I'm just like not sure if things will go south from here, but I'm just touching some wood behind me. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. And what about, so you said that you're kind of taking things as they come and um, being quite spontaneous at the moment and doing lots of things. What Do you have any goals for the next few years? I want to, so I, was, I originally wanted to become a sexologist but that requires doing – I've done one year of psychology when I got out of school. That requires finishing that degree and then doing a master's and doing a doctorate and then – like, like it's like an eight-year yeah. thing. And I don't think that I actually want to practice. So instead, 
I want to do like a sex coaching course that I think is like a mm-hmm. year. So then I have more qualifications for my advice uh, column and I can um, maybe run workshops and also the podcast to be more informative. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really want to write, um, I want to write a book, um, mm. but that's like a, a seven or eight year plan. That's like, that's like I had this idea. My plan was to kind of try and write it this year with all my traveling that I was doing mm-hmm. on the, uh, all the planes mm. that I was going to catch. <laughs> so I was supposed to go overseas like five years this time, five, five years, five times this year. Mm. So I was like, I'll just write the start of the book or get the structure going. But I want to write it on, um, have you guys heard of the Madonna Whore Complex? Mm. Okay, so no. basically it's this like societal complex and men as individuals can have it as well, or people can, where um, there's a Madonna, which is obviously like angelic, and there's the whore, which is doesn't really need explaining, does it? And mm. um, uh, it's this thing of like some men or people in general, you know, can't have respect for people they classify as whores and can't feel sexual feelings towards people they classify as Madonnas. Okay. So on the show, I was the whore and Chelsea was the Madonna. Mm-hmm. So I was evil, mean, dumb because I was sexual and Chelsea was not sexual because she was nice, uh, mm-hmm. smart and like sweet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to write a book about that and how women are treated in the media and influences and also reality TV shows, but not just reality TV show book. Mm. And also just do a little monologue about all the times that Madonna Hall Complex has impacted my life and the lives of others. So that's kind of my general that's idea. That's really interesting because it, it, it does like you, you do often kind of it's like we're either one or the other, isn't mm. it? You know, we're either this like sweet, calm, nice, you know, non-sexual person or this like, yeah, devil and yeah. loves the sack. Yeah. It's, very, it's like they can't be and like, anything in the middle. Yeah, and like evil. Like for some mm. reason it's like demonic. Like you're literally mm. like trying to trick people. But like it's this thing that I always talk about in that women can be more than one thing and actually yeah. often are more than one thing. Yeah. <laughs> like like you, you are humans, whereas men there's this assumption that they can be, you know, they can be all these different things and it's not even like blinked at but mm. how many times have you heard someone go oh yeah she's oh how hot is she yeah and she's smart yeah and it's like yeah, yeah. all my friends are smart like <laughs> like literally every woman that I've met I would say is reasonably smart or like oh and she's and she's funny like she, a woman with a personality yeah. and looks oh, yeah. like what's yeah. going on yeah so I think I that's kind of feeds into the Donna Hall thing as well hmm I love that. And I think you saying that you're going to write it in eight years. I feel like you're so wise right now. I think it will happen a lot sooner than, mm. than eight years. And, and I would love to read it. So, yeah, write mm. it quicker. Okay. All right. I mean, I mean, I'll try. I mean, Laura, thanks for the pressure. Just for me. I really yeah, appreciate sorry. it. I'd really like if you just took a step. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, the planes were going to be my time to shine. All the plane trips were going to be my time to sit there. But now I have to find another time. Maybe that could be part of my hour a day. Like me, part yeah, of my boundaries. Yeah, that's so nice. Yeah. And to finish off, our last question is, if you could give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, my God. You have time. Mm. Like, you have time to figure out what you want to do. You have time to not... Because I was working so much when I was 18. Like, you have time to not work your ass off in every aspect. You can just kind of coast along. Because I felt like I missed out on so many things from age 18 to 24 in a rush to get to my career. 
or to get, you know, a boyfriend or to get something that I felt was like a little goal to tick off. Um, and now I'm looking back and I'm like, I'm 24 and I'm like, oh, my life is just starting. Like I can, I can, I have all the time in the world to figure out what I want to do and decide a new degree. That's fine. Like just, you have time. You've got some, you can have a breather and you can enjoy your life at any stage. Love that. Yeah, that's such good advice. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Abby. I can't wait to share this one and I actually can't wait to re-listen to it. I feel like I I really enjoyed chatting with you. I think, um, as Laura said, you're you're very wise, (laughs) full of wisdom. But I think what it is as well is that you're just not afraid to say it how it is and you just speak your mind and really admire that about you. Oh, thank you, girls. I admire you both so much as well. You're both so gorgeous. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Sam. Thank you. All right, guys, we hope you enjoyed that chat. Um, You can find out more information on Abby and our sponsor in our show notes. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode. And as always, you can find us on our website, keepitcleaner.com.au or Instagram, keepitcleaner, laura.henshaw or Steph Claire Smith. See you later. (laughs) 